0: Welcome to Cross Communities Podcast. We're glad you're here to listen today. We hope that today's message will strengthen your faith and help you to love God and people more. Well, however you get your Bible... Whether that's in book form like this or on an app, uh, go ahead and open them and find your way to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3, we're gonna begin at verse 21 as we continue our series Family Vacation on this faith journey of love and grace and how we're doing, how we're looking at that in terms of a journey, a vacation. Uh, probably because we're all hoping we get to take one this year but before i read this passage of scripture to you i want to i want to give you a greek word is that okay we start off with a greek lesson even before we read because it's really going to inform how we read and the word that we're going to look at is the word dikaiosune it's a fun word to say i think we have it on the screen for you dikaiosune It means righteousness or justice, but let's say that word together, because it's going to be an important word for us today, dikaiosune, ready, one, two, three, dikaiosune, say it one more time, one, two, three, dikaiosune, and it does mean righteousness, but it also means justice. Now... In our day and age, we tend to focus a lot more on justice, which is kind of a legal or a legality thing. But for Paul, being a good Hebrew, although justice is a part of it, he would he would lean heavily on the other side, on righteousness. And remember when we talk about righteousness, we are talking about right-relatedness. Living in a right way. Maybe a good way to explain this is uh, in my neighborhood. I have great neighbors where I live, and uh, some of them occasionally watch on us, so if you're there, I just want you to know, neighbors, I love living in our neighborhoods. They're good, righteous neighbors. that means we live right-relatedly together. It means we look out for each other. It means we help one another. It means we care for each other's properties. And we look around and we watch and report people who are speeding down our neighborhood's roads and things along those lines. That is righteousness. That is right-relatedness. That is dikaiosune. Now, is justice a part of that? Well, sure. Because if my next door neighbor decided I'm going to build something in Jeff and Lori's backyard, there would we would be, would be getting some justice involved here. So justice restores relationship, but in our day and age, we tend to focus on legalities. We tend to focus on justice, on what is right, on a law that is broken. And today, intentionally... I want us to look at dikaiosune in a Jewish way. And that is to lean upon righteousness, right relatedness, living together righteously in right ways that benefit, that are serving, that are sacrificing, that are helping. And so for that reason, I'm going to read our passage specifically from the New Revised Standard Version today. So if you have one of those fancy apps that can change versions and you want to be exactly what I'm reading here, uh, go ahead and do that. Some places it's going to sound a little awkward because I'm going to use, every time you see in your passage, whatever translation you're reading, justice or justify um, or righteousness, um, you can know that it is some form of our word. And what's our word again? One, two, three. Dikaiosunei. So I want you to hear this today, and we're going to lean on that right relatedness, okay? This is Paul writing to the church in Rome. But now, apart from law, the righteousness, the dikaiosune of God, has been disclosed. And it is attested by the law and the prophets, the righteousness of God through the faithfulness of Jesus. Not all who believe... Uh, for, I'm sorry, for all who believe. For there is no distinction since all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. They are now made righteous, by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a sacrifice of atonement by His blood effective through faith. He did this to show his righteousness, dikaiosune, because uh, in his divine forbearance he has passed over the sins previously committed. It was to prove at the present time that he himself is righteous and that he makes righteous the one who has faith in Jesus. This is the Word of God. For the people of God. And our response is, thanks be to God. Don't you hate it when something doesn't live up to its potential? I mean, it's just one of those things that I think for most of us, it just kind of gets under our skin. For some things, it may be like a vacation. We're talking about vacations or using the metaphor of vacations. And I've talked to some of you that have had vacations that had the potential to be awesome. And they just didn't live up to that potential. I remember talking, I think it was to Matt and Heather Clayton. And they had this great trip planned. They were going to drive up to the Upper Peninsula. And they were going to see the waterfalls. And they were going to stay in tents. They were going to have this great adventure together. And they got up there just in time for the black biting flies to come out. It didn't live up to its potential. In fact, they wound up after a while just packing everything back in the car and said, we're just gonna drive around the lake and stay in hotels in Wisconsin and Minnesota. Didn't live up to its potentials. Maybe for some of you, it's a vehicle doesn't live up to its potential. I remember one time when I was probably in 10th grade, maybe 11th grade, I was able to drive. And I was a part of the band in high school. And we were going to an away game. And we were talking and chatting. And somehow the conversation came up like, what car would you love to drive? And I hadn't driven much other than my Toyota Tercel at the time. And so I thought, a Mustang, I would love to drive a Mustang. Well, Lisa, who was a friend of mine, who I didn't know, she had a Mustang. She said, well, I have a Mustang. And uh, how about after the game, when we get back here, we'll drive home. You can drive yourself home, and then when we get to your house, you can get out, and I'll drive myself home. I'm thinking, yes, I'm going to drive a Mustang. It's going to be awesome. She didn't tell me, but it was a Mustang 2. Now, if you don't know what a Mustang two was, because they don't make them anymore, thankfully. I mean, this Mustang had a hatchback. Hatchback, hatchback and Mustang do not go together. <laughs> it did not live up to the potential. I drove out of the parking lot kind of like this and got home as quickly as possible. Sorry, Lisa, if you're watching. Maybe, maybe for some of you it's a team. I'm looking at you, Pittsburgh Steelers of last year, 11-0 and then not make the playoffs. What's up with you? Maybe for some of you more seriously, it's a relationship that you thought had all the potential to go some great places. And somehow, something took place that it never reached its potential and eventually ended. For some of you, maybe it's a person. I know we have a lot of teachers here, and I'm I'm sure there are some of you who see a student and you just see the potential in there, and you're trying everything you can to unlock that potential so that student can see and know what you see and know. And they just continually don't quite reach their potential. For some of you, it is the person that you look in the mirror at day in and day out. You look in the mirror and you just don't see any potential. And you wonder what life is all about. To think about living up to potential, to think about living up to what is actually possible, really begins to get us into the spirit, the tenor of this particular passage. When Paul writes, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God in Romans 3.23. It's a very familiar passage. We hear this a lot. All have sinned. And there was some form of that going on for Paul. See, in the historical setting, uh, the Jews had been kicked out of Rome. The original Christians were all Jewish. But then there was an emperor who didn't like them, and so he kicked them all out, and all that was left was the Gentile Christians. And they kept the church going, and when that emperor passed away and the Jews were coming back in, they were surprised to find the church thriving. It was a little different, and they tried to make it back to the way it used to be. And there was a little bit of a skirmish. And so Paul was writing to say, hey, nobody is more righteous than somebody else. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. What Paul is talking about is that potential. Falling short of the glory of God. Let's look at that for just a second. For all have sinned. Sin is the is the Greek word hamartia. I'm not going to have you say that because we've said it so many times. But hamartia means to miss the mark. You were shooting for something and you miss the mark. Now, I have been accused of saying that that definition, which is the actual definition, takes it too lightly. But trust me, if you're at a shooting range with other people, you want them to not miss the mark by too much. Amen? Any of our gun enthusiasts? (laughs) Because it can create a lot of damage. But what is it that we are aiming at that Paul is talking about when he says, For all have sinned. We have missed the glory of God. Now, the interesting thing is is that you and I kind of take this again from a justice standpoint. Like God had a rule, and we broke it, and now we have to stand in front of the judge and receive our verdict. But remember, this is about dikaiosune. This is about right-relatedness. This is about righteousness. And when we come to talking about the glory of God, in the New Testament, glory is a synonym for the image of God. If you don't believe me, I want to give you a quote. This is from one of my professors, uh, H. Ray Dunning. He's the systematic theologian in the Church of the Nazarene. And he writes, The term glory is a New Testament synonym for image. Human beings were created to bear the likeness of God. And ideally, they are the image and glory of God. You see, when God in God's love created all that there was, you can read about this in Genesis chapter 1 and 2, He created and created, and out of things He separated and brought more life and more life and more life. And then God said, let us create humankind in our image. And in the image of God, God created them, male and female, God created them. And He gave them a task to be His image. So that means He he gave them the task of creating other human beings, creating life, tending a garden. But because God knows that love requires a free choice, He put two trees in the center of this garden. One was the tree of life, and one was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the goal was we were to choose life. And we were to learn about good and evil from God in His wisdom. But we know the story and how it goes where our first parents decided, no, I'm going to take that for myself. I'm going to determine what is right and wrong. I'm going to be God. God. And because of that, there was a deep brokenness in that glory or image of God that was to be in human beings. It was broken. And out of that brokenness, all of their attempts to get it right and wrong end up incorrect. And action after action after action after action continues to show the deep brokenness within human beings. Now, the fancy term for these, these things that I've just described, the fancy term for the brokenness is called original sin. It is that deep brokenness that I am now born with and you are now born with and anyone who is watching is now born with. That there is a brokenness within us. That no matter how cute we are as babies, as we grow up, we begin to live by the rules that are set down for us. To grab all that I can for myself. To try and make everything the way I want it. To grab that power. To grab that control. And it doesn't matter who I have to go over, under, or through to get it. I take it. And those actions that I'm describing, all those things that we talked about in, in Lent," remember? pride and anger and gluttony and greed, all of those original sins, those are — the fancy word for that is practical sin. And we in the church believe in both types, that we're a part of it, that we have a deep brokenness within us as human beings. And out of that deep brokenness, we continue breaking things as we try and go along. Let me try and give you a metaphor to hopefully help this make a little more sense. When I was younger, it's now come back into fashion, but when I was younger, I owned a record player. Anybody have vinyls at home like you know it's kind of coming back i'm trying to buy some some new stuff uh, and some old stuff that i can listen to on my on my record player a record player if you're not familiar with this it actually has this thing it's called a needle and you put it on the record and that causes it to read the record and make music or i suppose speaking if you wanted to listen to somebody speak on a record but I had this record player, and I loved it. I took it with me to college, had it there. Uh, it worked beautifully. I would listen to my music, mostly hair metal bands from the 80s. Oh, that was a sad time. But I would listen, and one time, all of a sudden, I was putting the record on there and the record would start and it would play and then something would happen. The record player would make this horrible noise and the needle would go Whoop, all the way to the very end and make this horrible scraping sound. Come in. What happened? Did the record bump? You know, you know. put it back on. It would start. It would do this thing. Look at the record. Is something wrong with the record? No. What was wrong was the needle was broken. And it might start off and play the music that I wanted to listen to. But at some point, that needle was going to bend in half. It was going to scrape and go right across the record and not live up to its potential. My thought was, well, I guess that's done. Do I just throw it out? Well, thankfully, I had a roommate. Who was really into all the technology stuff. He was, he was there to, to, you know, get a degree so that he could build studios and all that kind of stuff. And he said, have you checked the needle? I'm like, what? He, he went over, I remember he went over into his little toolkit. I think it was actually fishing tackle box that he had stuff in. And he pulled out a needle. And we looked at it underneath and sure enough that needle was kind of like, about like that. And so it would work. And human beings, they work. And they can create beauty in some ways like we were born to do. But because the needle is broken, at some point it kind of scratches and rakes across the record and becomes an awful sound that feels like it's broken. Have you experienced that in your life? Am I the only one where you seem like you just have things going well, like everything is going, I'm, I'm in this great relationship with God, and things are going well in my family, things are going well in my job, and then all of a sudden that broken needle shows its ugly head once again, and all of a sudden I am raging in anger, or I'm grabbing things for myself, or I'm, I'm trying to take control of the situation. It's because the record needle is broken. Thankfully, I had a roommate who didn't let me chuck out this beautiful record player, but helped me restore the needle so that it would work the way it was intended to do. And the good news that I have to tell you and the good news that Paul had to tell this church in Rome long ago was that God is also the God who doesn't throw people out on the trash heap because their image of Him is broken. He knows human beings. He loves human beings. And He is there to rescue them and restore them and get them going get them going let's see how this how this works out i mean look at verse 21 but now apart from the law the righteousness of god has been disclosed that what does that, that righteousness mean it means god's right relatedness it means god is so committed to the relationship with human beings that he gave the law and the prophets, Paul will say, attested to this. In other words, he gave them the law. This is how human beings and I, God, are going to live together. And when Israel got off from the law on how they were going to live together, God sent the prophets to try and re- reconnect them, reconnect them. Let's, let's get that needle back the way it needs to be is attested by the law and the prophets. But then because neither the law or the prophets could accomplish the work within broken human beings, verse 22, the righteousness of God through the faithfulness of Jesus for all who believe. The righteousness of God, that commitment of God for the relationship between God and us is shown perfectly through the faithful living of Jesus Christ. God is not a judge who's up on a bench going to descend out his decree from afar. God gets off the bench and gets down into the game because God is concerned about relationship with you. And he wants you in Jesus to see his heart and what he looks like. And in Jesus, God, Jesus represents us to God as the one who lived in his glory, as his image. Loving like he loved. Creating like he created. Healing like God heals. He shows us what a non broken record player looks like. What else happened? Jump, jump down to verse 24. Because he says, all have sinned, and we fall short of that image of God. But they are now made righteous by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. That word redemption, I'm not going to teach you the Greek word, but it means the loosening of chains, the loosening of whatever is entangling you. That's what that word for redemption means. That they receive this gift and they are loosened. That needle gets changed in the record arm so that it functions the way it's supposed to function. And that happens in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a sacrifice of atonement by his blood effective through faith. Oh my goodness, what does that mean? That word right there for sacrifice of atonement. Let's start right there. It's the Greek word hilasterion. Kind of sounds like some Marvel superhero, doesn't it? Maybe his superpower is to make people laugh hilariously. Hilasterion. Ready? One, two, three. Hilasterion. Let's say it one more time. One, two, three. Hilasterion. Sacrifice of atonement sounds strange. Some of your translations will say place of atonement, and some of your translations will say mercy seat. The mercy seat, Paul's trying to get into that Jewish mindset again. The mercy seat was a part of the Ark of the Covenant. Jackson and I just read this in Exodus during our Bible readings. It's not very exciting, but they're building this Ark. And on the top, they called it the mercy seat. And it had two angels with their wings going out. And the mercy seat, the part in between where the angels' uh, wings met... Was the place that God signified for his people when God was going to come into their midst, he would be above the mercy seat. And the way that a a person, a priest, could come into that presence was you couldn't just waltz in there because we were broken. And so what we would do, and I know it's strange to our 21st century ears, but what would happen was there was a sacrifice of atonement. That meant an animal, a sheep, would, would die. And somehow they understood that the blood took away the sin of the person so he could go in before the mercy seat and see the presence of God. And that place of atonement is the place where mercy comes because god knows what broken people need what hurting people need is not shame and judgment but they need mercy and it is only mercy that will ever fix them and heal them and help them and get that image going to its full potential And so what Paul is saying by using all of those, by using this sacrifice of atonement by His blood effective through faith, what Paul is saying is that Jesus was willing to become the sacrifice of atonement. He was willing to become the mercy seat. He was willing to become the place of atonement. What does that mean? It means He was willing to be the place where human beings could meet with God. He was willing to sacrifice even His own blood so that our brokenness could be healed and restored. He was willing to become the place where you and I, where all of humanity could receive mercy that will heal us to the core of our brokenness. That should be good news for broken people. Because see, we have a God who thinks relationally. Even when it comes to sin, God thinks relationally. How do I restore the relationship? because of that, we have a God who thinks about rescue. How can I loosen the things that are binding them? How can I redeem them? Look at these. These are all our words. He thinks relationally. He thinks about rescue. And lastly, and this is something that we will be looking at through the rest of our series together. God thinks about restoring. Look at what, look at what he says down there in verse 25 and 26. He says, in divine forbearance, he has passed over, Passover, another Jewish term, pass over the sins previously committed. Right now, God is so committed to the relationship and so committed to rescue and restoration that he is just Passing over that brokenness within you, longing to help you. We're going to get into this. Oh, I'm so excited about this series. This is going to be so fun. You ought to bring three people with you. He's passing over that in order to to wait until there's that moment where he will say, God, my needle is broken and I need your help. I need to be restored. He is patient. And then it says in verse 26, it was to prove at the present time that He Himself is righteous and that He makes righteous the one who has faith in Jesus. Our God is not just concerned about the relationship and not just concerned about rescuing. Our God is concerned about restoring, making you righteous, allowing you to live up to your potential, allowing you to live as the image and glory of God in the world. And that's good news. God is about restoring you. How does that happen? Well, every single time he talks about rescue, redemption, or restoration, he mentions in Christ Jesus. By believing in Jesus. Trusting in Jesus. Trusting that Jesus was the glory and image of God. That he was willing to become the sacrifice for atonement the place of mercy for you in order that that broken record place player in you could be fully restored and you could live up to all that he longs for you and knows that you can li- can be that potential that is in you that is in you folks online our god is is so committed to the relationship. The fancy word for that is, is the word atonement. I like to think of it this way. You can just break that word. Write, write the word atonement. Go ahead and do this. This is just a fun exercise. If you have something to write with, write down the word atonement. Then put a slash between the T and the O and the E and the M. God is so committed to relationship that he wants atonement. He wants at one meant with you. He wants to be one with you. He doesn't want to just be friends. He wants to be so close that it's like you are at one together. The rest of our series is going to be about this. How does God move us from a place of brokenness to at one to atonement? I hope that you will plan to be here as part of that. To hear and take this journey with us. But right now, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes, and you online as well. Because it says that God is so committed to right relationship with you, that He's willing in Christ Jesus for those who believe that He was the one who did and accomplished all these things so that we could live up to our potential as the glory and image of God, you have only to say, Oh Jesus, I trust in You. And you can begin this journey today. And that broken record needle can be restored in you today. So I want to take a moment with your heads bowed and eyes closed. Is there anyone here today who would say, Pastor, I want to say yes to Jesus restoring me today. If that's you, would you just raise your hand really quick until I see it? Yes, yes, okay, yes, 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 okay. Those online, send me an email so I can know. I want to pray for you, and this prayer is for you. I want us all to pray this together so no one is embarrassed. Let's pray this out loud. Jesus I need your help I want to live up to my potential as your image and your glory I give you my life I ask you to fix my brokenness I ask you to heal my brokenness. And I ask you to lead me from now on. I pray this in your name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer today, I want to encourage you to come find me, to come talk to me. I want to encourage you. I'll have my mask on. It'll be okay. Let's. I want to celebrate with you. If you're watching online and that prayer was prayed by you, I want you to send me an email. You can go to our website, c3naz.net. I want to know. I want to celebrate with you. I want to get to know. I want to pray with you because you have begun a journey. And if you want to know more about where that journey is going, I'm going to encourage you to be with us as this series continues. Next week, we have excitement with uh, hearing about what's going on in Cactus, Texas. And one of our local ministers is going to preach his first sermon, Chris Smith. And we're excited for that. So uh, we'll, we'll begin this journey. And I hope you'll join us for the rest of this series. God has some great things to bring about restoration among his people and to add to his number here among us as he restores us and those around us would you stand and receive this blessing today and now may you know the joy of salvation may you experience the mercy that is found in christ jesus May you find your brokenness being healed. May you find the joy of Him in being in relationship with you overflowing into your real life and world. May you know the thrill of having what entangles you loosened and taken off. And I pray That you will experience all of the potential that God sees in you. I pray this in the name of the Father who is for us, in the name of the Son who is with us, and in the name of the Holy Spirit who is in us. One God forever. And ever. Amen. God bless you. Go in peace. Go in his name. Thank you for joining us online. I pray God will bless you as you go. Have a great week. Go in his name. Thank you for tuning in to Cross Communities Podcast. We hope you will join us next week.